This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Back when the Mueller investigation was underway, some Democrats started to call for President Donald Trump's impeachment. I do believe we need to move forward with the impeachment process. From the beginning, the Mueller report is a impeachment referral to the United States Congress. And I will fight every day until he is impeached. We took an oath to protect the Constitution of the United States of America. And the way we do that is we begin impeachment proceedings now. But one key Democrat held back from calling for impeachment and cautiously warned her party to do the same, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. Yesterday, Nancy Pelosi changed her mind. The president must be held accountable. No one is above the law and launched an official impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump. The actions of the Trump presidency revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Today on the show, why Nancy Pelosi changed her mind. Welcome to The Journal our daily show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. And I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, September 25th. I think that we are almost inevitably on a track when the House is going to vote on articles of impeachment. I don't see how we avoid that at this point. Siobhan Hughes covers Congress. Nancy Pelosi ended months of saying she wasn't going to go down an impeachment route to now say we are officially in impeachment proceedings. Six different committees have already been investigating Donald Trump. Whatever work they have been doing or continue to do now operates under the umbrella of impeachment. Nancy Pelosi had been a kind of holdout on impeachment. Can we go back to the early days of when impeachment calls were starting? And can you talk about what her approach, what Nancy Pelosi's approach was at that time toward impeachment. So back in March, she comes out with her very clearest statement. She says that impeachment is absolutely so divisive to the country that... Uh, it's not working. And that's why I say impeachment is not working. But you previously said you would want to wait for the Mueller report before... Well, but that, if, if that is so conclusive that there's a bipartisanship, uh, there's a message to the president, so be it. Nixon was not, and President Nixon was not impeached. The Republicans finally saw the light. And of course, at that point, we hadn't seen the Mueller report, and there was certainly no way to say that any impeachment effort would be bipartisan. So effectively, she took impeachment off the table. Privately, in private meetings with progressives like Jerry Nadler, the judiciary chairman, she was battling with him, batting him down when he said he wanted to speed up impeachment. It was really clear that she was holding the line. What were the earlier calls for impeachment related to? It has to do with a couple of things, but primarily it has to do with what's in the Mueller report. And in particular, Mr. Trump's request to his White House counsel at the time, 
to call the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, to have the special counsel removed. And then, of course, Democrats were also upset by the fact that the White House would not allow current and former officials to testify, which they basically said was stonewalling or a continuing obstruction. So there were calls to start impeachment proceedings related to the Mueller report over obstruction of justice. Why did Pelosi differ from those people in her party? Well, part of it is a political calculus, which is Nancy Pelosi knows the reason she is speaker, the reason she has power is because of a group of moderates who won districts that Donald Trump won. And her calculation has been to protect them, to keep the majority. She's also got another math problem on her hands, which is in order for impeachment to be successful, she needs 218 votes. It's not clear she was going to have that. And even if the House is able to impeach President Trump, the Senate is not going to convict him. And so without a conviction, does it then look like the Senate has cleared Donald Trump of wrongdoing right ahead of the 2020 elections? So she has her own kind of larger political math, right? You know, the other thing is Nancy Pelosi has been around for a long time, and she has used that experience to her advantage. She has lived through the impeachment of Bill Clinton in the late 1990s and remembers that Democrats gained seats after Republicans impeached him. Guess who lost their job? Newt Gingrich, the House Republican speaker. So that's part of the message as well. That going ahead with impeachment could come back to bite the Democrats. Exactly. It could come back to bite the Democrats. But right now, for Nancy Pelosi, that risk seems worth taking. In recent days, details have emerged about a call between President Trump and the president of Ukraine. On that call, Trump asked the Ukrainian president to look into one of the top Democratic presidential candidates, a man who could very well be his opponent in the 2020 election, Joe Biden. One person had enough concerns about the U.S.'s involvement with Ukraine that he raised official flags about it and filed what's known as a whistleblower complaint. How did Congress find out about this whistleblower complaint? So the reason Congress found out about the whistleblower complaint is that Adam Schiff, the House Intelligence Committee chairman, gets a communication from the inspector general who basically says, look, there's this complaint and I'd really love to tell you about it, but I can't because I'm being blocked by the acting director of national intelligence. And procedurally, the way the process works is the inspector general has to go through the director of national intelligence to get to Congress. Then what does the inspector general do? The inspector general is in an absolute bind. He goes to the House Intelligence Committee. He meets with them behind closed doors. It goes on for four hours. He does not disclose the substance of the complaint, but he makes it very clear that he would like to get this information to them, that it's important and that they need it. Can you imagine a four-hour meeting where you don't talk about the substance? (laughs) I had that exact same thought. I would love to be in the room to figure out how people tried to get around that. As of now, we actually don't know truly what is in the whistleblower complaint or the full extent of it. Because remember, among the things the inspector general has told the House Intelligence Committee behind closed doors is this does not just involve one incident. There are are multiple incidents. The specifics of the whistleblower complaint still aren't public. But today, the White House released a report of what transpired in the call. 
In it, the president presses the Ukrainian president to look into Biden and offers to have the U.S. attorney general help, saying, quote, whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. A spokeswoman for the Justice Department said Trump never asked the attorney general to investigate Biden. For Nancy Pelosi, she said she wasn't going to bring an impeachment case unless the case was compelling and overwhelming. What is it about the whistleblower allegations, of which we don't know the full extent, that are so compelling? Well, number one, the specificity of it. Number two, Donald Trump has acknowledged having said in this phone call with Ukraine president that he brought up Joe Biden and corruption. And so this is totally unmediated. You're not hearing from a third party like Robert Mueller that such and such a thing might have happened. You're hearing it directly from the president's mouth. Conversation I had was largely congratulatory, was largely corruption, all of the corruption taking place was largely the fact that we don't want our people like Vice President Biden and his son creating to the the corruption already in the Ukraine. This call happened literally days after he withheld hundreds of millions of dollars of aid to the Ukraine to fight off Russian aggression. And so what it clearly looks like to a lot of Democrats is that Donald Trump was engaged in self-dealing. He was putting his own interests ahead of the interests of the country. His political interests, right? Exactly. Because if Ukraine were to launch a corruption investigation against Joe Biden, even the whiff of that, the whiff of corruption, is something that could damage the man who is the presumptive frontrunner that all of a sudden starts changing the political landscape. I mean, one of the first things you start to see are the the tweets. A big one comes from Elizabeth Warren, the Democratic presidential contender who is very high up in the polls. And she says that if House Democrats don't engage in impeachment proceedings, they are complicit. And that is kind of a huge turning point. Then on top of that, earlier this week, we saw about a half a dozen national security Democrats. These are all freshmen, all from uh, Republican districts, and they pen this op-ed saying, "Okay, we weren't there before, but we think you have to start impeachment proceedings. And furthermore, if what we have seen in the press is true, the president, in fact, does need to be impeached. And those are two big turning points. So how much did this pressure from a widening range of Democrats influence Pelosi's decision to call for an impeachment inquiry yesterday? So, you know, I'm not in her head, and I can't say that for a fact, but it's clearly a piece of the equation. But what happens on Tuesday becomes a much bigger deal because on Tuesday afternoon, the entire Democratic caucus goes into a room together and meets behind closed doors. And going into that meeting, lawmakers were quiet. And when you ask them what they thought the significance of the meeting was, they said, this is, this is just, this is history. You know, I, I almost can't believe we have come to this point. What was the mood like yesterday on the Hill? So the mood was a collection of different things. I would say it was somber in some quarters. It was at times full of bitterness, a lot of division and embarrassment. Can you 
talk to me about those different adjectives you just used, somber, bitter, embarrassed? So somber because it's very rare that the Congress would consider intervening to oust a sitting president. And to do so comes only at remarkable times, really when lawmakers feel the republic is at stake. And so that's where we are. The bitterness comes really on the part of Republicans who think Democrats have been engaged in a harassment campaign against Donald Trump, and they're continuing that effort. The embarrassment privately on the part of Republicans because some of what they are seeing Donald Trump allegedly engage in seems to be real, and that is unbecoming to the office. And in her press conference yesterday, Nancy Pelosi brought up the whistleblower complaint, too. And the reason Democrats are so upset about the whistleblower complaint being withheld from Congress is that the law on whistleblowers is pretty clear. It does say that once an inspector general finds such a complaint to be a matter of urgent concern, it shall be forwarded to the Congress. And over and over, all around the Capitol, Democrats are repeating that word, shall, shall, shall. And so what Nancy Pelosi says is that the White House has broken the law. For Democrats, it's the definition of abuse of power. There's not even a question about it. You don't have to connect the dots for the public. It is the dot. And unlike the Mueller report or the Russian interference in the 2016 election, which was initiated by the Russian government, this call was initiated by Trump. Is there any precedent for that? I am not aware of any precedent for that. I just haven't seen that. And is that kind of agency on his part part of what has galvanized Democrats to initiate impeachment? In a way, you could say that. And the reason is that there are three broad categories of behavior that really qualify for impeachment. And one of those is abuse of power. And so this is seen as a very clear abuse of power. Another, of course, is putting your personal interests above the public interest, above the office. And Democrats see that conversation as qualifying, too. I think the substance of what is in this whistleblower complaint is going to be very important because that will determine the vigor and intensity with which Democrats pursue their case. After the break, the other major factor that will ramp up the vigor and intensity. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Citizen M there's no better feeling than finishing work for the day, sipping an ice-cold soda and nuzzling down into a Citizen M bed. Recharge your brain and batteries at Citizen M Hotels. They're in the tech cities, Menlo Park, Miami, Austin, New York, San Francisco, where people like you work, sleep, and play. Book now at citizenm.com slash the journal.
Welcome back. All right, so we have an election looming, right? This has to be front of mind for everyone at some level. And the call obviously involved Donald Trump calling for an inquiry against the leading Democratic candidate for at this stage. So how does Nancy Pelosi view the impeachment when it comes to elections? So, I mean, this is something she's been thinking about really all year, and it's a big reason why she has held back on proceeding with impeachment. And it's true that impeachment proceedings are highly likely going to galvanize Donald Trump's base. And in that sense, it could help him and Democrats could be walking into into a trap. I do think that that's a reality of which she is very mindful. If that is the fear that launching impeachment proceedings could hurt Democrats, it would galvanize Trump's base, how has Trump reacted to this? Trump has done everything he can to fan the flames. So this morning he was out with another tweet saying that Democrats had engaged in a witch hunt, saying that no other president had been treated as unfairly as he had, that this should never be allowed to happen to another president again. And did Pelosi and Trump talk? Yes, yes. Ironically, they talked yesterday morning. Can you imagine what that conversation must have been like? No. Can Do you know anything about it? So I really don't know anything about it. Uh, I would love to know. I know apparently he didn't hang up on her. So that didn't happen. And how have Republican lawmakers in Congress responded? Well, this is a very uncomfortable position for Republicans. And the response has been really threefold. Um, one piece of it has been to say there's a process. Nobody knows exactly what has happened. Nothing has been proven. So cool your jets, hold your horses. Let's just see. Other people, for example, Ron Johnson, who chairs a foreign relations subcommittee that basically specializes in these issues, had met with the Ukrainian president in early September. But before that meeting, he talked to President Donald Trump. And Donald Trump was saying, there's corruption, there's corruption, there's corruption. That's why I'm so upset about Ukrainian aid. And Ron Johnson has been trying to say that's a perfectly legitimate sentiment. And Republicans are all saying, look, there was no quid pro quo. And without an explicit quid pro quo, there is absolutely no wrongdoing. Republicans have also tried to focus on Joe Biden and have tried to say to the press and others, why aren't you probing that? How does the Senate come into play here? The Senate comes into play because that's the place where the trial would take place. The Supreme Court justice would sit to hear it. There would be House managers who would present their evidence. But at the end of the day, the Senate is the place where the voting occurs. Republicans control that 53 to 47. And on top of that, two-thirds of all senators present, so about 67, would need to vote in favor of removing the president. And it seems highly unlikely that that would happen, especially when so many Senate Republicans are up for re-election in states where Mr. Trump is very popular. And so should the House impeach the president, that is where the impeachment would go to die. It's a huge and serious moment for the Republic. It's a point when the entire country is going to have to think about the nature of the Republic, the strength and endurance of the Republic, and what it views as acceptable behavior on the part of a president. Uh, thank you very much. It's a good honor. Uh, 
Today at the U.N., President Trump met with the Ukrainian president. They spoke to reporters about the call. No, you're sure that we had, uh, I think, good uh, phone call. It was normal. We spoke about many things. And I, so I think, and you read it, that nobody pushed it, pushed me. Yes. In other words, no pressure. The president also answered a question about Nancy Pelosi. Did you ask House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to find a way out of impeachment yesterday? Not at all. No. Look, she's, she's lost her way. Trump said Pelosi had been taken over by the radical left. And Nancy Pelosi, as far as I'm concerned, unfortunately, she's no longer the Speaker of the House. Thank you very much, everyone. Meanwhile, the whistleblower complaint was delivered to Congress this afternoon. That's all for today, Wednesday, September 25th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.